podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 15th of February, 2022. We just missed Valentine's Day. My name is Patrick Smith. Uh, a week of attrition for the Belfast Giants that spawned seven points out of the available eight. Uh, the the um, O2 stumble in Tayside was the only thing stopping that full house. But uh, given what was on offer and given what was returned, I think you can consider it a very successful road trip for the Belfast Giants as they return home this week against the five Flyers. On this week's show, we're going to cover those four games in five days. Uh, have a look at some of the news around the league. Um, Sis chatted to David Goodwin and Jordan Boucher over a round of golf, and we'll tackle some of your questions that we got through on Twitter. Mr. Majemsey, keep him well. Good evening, Patrick. I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, and Simon, you warm? Nope. Nope. I'd be freezing. Freezing. We'll make this a short one, mate, so you can have a warm shower. Joel, how's it going? Yeah, all good, boys. Best part of the week. Happy to see you. <laughs> the uh right, we're gonna get stuck in straight away, but of course I'm not as prepared as I should be. The um the we're gonna start with the game against the uh the Coventry Blaze. It was a seven one win for your Belfast Giants. Evan Bloodoff scored early three minutes into the game, and that was the only goal that the Coventry Blaze scored. And the goals for the Giants, Conway, Knight, two from Ben Lake initially, Conway again, Cooper, and then the hat trick on 59-22 from Ben Lake in Nets, Jordan Headley, 30 shots against, seven goals against for the Blaze, and the other side, Tyler Beskarawani, 19 shots against, one goal against, your refs were Liam Sewell and Andrew Miller. Um, Davey, despite the early goal against, uh, the Giants controlled the game uh, against what would you consider to be a heavily depleted Blaze size. Side. Yeah, I'm sure the players going into it that they got a lot of two way players and stuff coming in, of which a few played really, really good games. Um, and they knew they were going to be under pressure. Obviously, Headley and Nets instead of CJ Mott has has Headley had gone two games for two being Malamats, and I actually think he might have got Malamats against it. No, Antonov got Malamats, didn't I? I remember him going down. But the, just to come back on the game sheet, being wrong, Kieran Long scores the the last goal rather than. Oh, did he now? Then Ben Lake, you'll see, see it in the highlights later on. Just back, back post snipe to uh, dog it diving in to, to try and get the puck in and, and longer at the back post with a stick just to, to round the game out. Pretty comfortable win for the Giants. It was what we really needed, what we wanted for starting the road trip of having four games in five days or you know six days on the road. And uh, a couple of really, one one highlight from, from that game for me was the... Backhand sauce pass, right at the, the width of the ice from Tyler Soy. I think it's the Coops breaking in the goal, and he, he goes in. So, I really love some nice play from us. And, um, you know, as I say, as comfortable as you'd want to get on the first game in four. Sam, like I say, you know, the Giants were up against the heavily depleted. We heard, we already knew that uh, CJ Mott was going to be out on based on his uh, COVID scenario. And then it was announced that they were drafting guys from the Bracknell Bees and all over to play for them. But the Giants had to do a professional job. Now, I remember, you know, that first goal going in and sort of a, we all sort of rolled our eyes going typical of the Giants going up against a, a, a depleted squad and letting one go. But then then it turned very professional. Yeah, but look, it's games that gets when I think back to the uh, Newcastle Vipers day when they come into Belfast with yep. 11 players and beat us. Yep. So, you know, you've got to beat what's in front of you. It doesn't matter, you know, who's in the lineup or who's not in the lineup. You've got to concentrate on what you have. And, and you just touched on it, Paddy. It was a very, very professional performance. Going to one goal down, sort of giving the kick in the backside that they needed. 
um, you know, it's it. You fly over that morning, and obviously you get ready for the game, and and uh, um, you know, it's a difficult place to go into is the best of times. So coming out with the, the the way we played, the way the victory was, the way the uh, the performance was, and not using up too much energy um, after going, you know, four or five up. You sort of, to be honest, I don't even think we came out of second gear. Um, but it, it's games like that that, as I say, you can trip up on. Um, and it was a good, uh, a good performance, good setup for the first two points of the week because you know going on the, the tougher games over the weekend. And um, as I said, it's just a, it's a difficult one to get out of the way, and it is just that it's it's out of the way now. We picked up a two points against the Coventry Blaze and I moved on to Dundee. Joel, you know, Davies corrected me there on on Ben Lake not scoring the hat trick, but he did score two, and he, he he knows that ice and he knows how to score on it. Yeah, Ben Lake continues to produce in in the Sky Dome, uh, which which is great to see. You know, like Paddy, there, there really is uh, there, the only summary for this. You can't ask for more, as says says than coming into your first game of four in the midweek in Coventry. And by the time you hit the third period, you're in game management mode. Um, the fact that you have Ben Lake, uh, who knows that ice, who knows how to score in that building, but he's far from the only one. Um, fantastic to see scoring up and down the lines. Um, but but do you know what? To be fair, um, before we move on from this game, I actually thought Jordan Headley looked like a good goalie. Uh, and I know that sounds silly in a 7-1 victory, but for, for a young British goalie uh, playing with a, a makeshift D and, and no less than four uh, of those two-way contracts from the NIHL coming up to, to bolster that Blaze lineup, um, I think he did as much as he could. And, and there were actually a number of really athletic saves from him. Um, it'd be nice just to see, uh, and he's only kind of early to mid-20s, I think, and it'd be nice to see another Brit, Brit goalie kind of establish himself in the league. Uh, you, you wonder in a year or two if he keeps getting regular minutes, could he do a job somewhere? Davey, was it you suggested last week that he might have been the hot hand to go with, even if CJ Mutt was? Uh... No, it wasn't me. It was Ben Bounds. Ben Bounds suggested ah, it yes. on Twitter, and I was quoting Mr. Bounds. Um, Easy to I, make that he, mistake between the two. Is it, it is. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> we've got um, the same amount of league championship medals um, hanging on our bedroom, bedroom walls. So, uh, um, this is a true story. <laughs> Um, hopefully he finds he, you know, find his way to Belfast sometime and win some more. But listen, um Eddie did very well as 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 Joel said, he, he did well for what was in front of him. Um you suggested last week when I said that bit of a difference playing against the Manchester Storm, who who can be up and down in terms of form and coming against the Belfast Giants. But I know we've got to keep keep moving. We will we will keep moving. Let's get the highlights on that from Blaze TV. Uh, and we'll move on to Friday's game in Dundee. Well, we'll take both. I'll give you the statistics for both games and we'll talk about Dundee. Um, the Belfast Giants had two games and two nights against Dundee in the DIA, which I think rounds out their trips to Tayside for the season. Shy on them facing Aww. Dundee in uh, at the playoffs um, in the quarterfinals. Um, Friday's game was unfortunately a 4 3 overtime defeat for the Belfast Giants. Bankston. Uh, <coughs> Rutgers and Bounston uh, again on the power play, two for him. And then Connor Sills with the overtime winner, one minute and 56 in. For the Giants, uh, David Goodwin, uh, Pickenich and Cam Knight were the scorers. Adam Morrison that night had uh, 33 shots against and three goals against. Tyler Beskarwani, the other side, 26 shots against, four goals against. The referees were Cameron Fox and Pavel Hallis. And uh, switch over to the one because then we faced them again, having been beaten the night before. Uh, we went in and decided this time we'd do a job on them, and we faced them and we beat them. Bring it up, Patrick. Seven nil. 
Um, no scores for the Dundee Stars in your st- scores for the Belfast Giants were Cooper, Lake, Soy, Cooper again, Soy again, Pickenich, and rounding it off was Scott Conway. I'll leave David to correct any of those. Tyler <laughs> Soy. Tyler Soy's second was actually scored by Slater Dogger. <laughs> uh, every these, game. They, these come directly from the Elite League website. Who does this? And why aren't they corrected before we the, do the podcast? I believe this they're is, cra- I believe they're corrected on a Wednesday. Oh well that's no that's <laughs> no doesn't help us. Um, well, good to me. Well, it's good to, good you here to uh, to correct this, David. Uh, in goals, Adam Morrison, twenty five shots against six goals against, lasted forty minutes before uh, Britain Priest came in, four shots against, one goal against. Uh, he lasted the last twenty minutes uh, for the Belfast Giants. Tyler Beskarowani, nine nine shots against, <clears throat> no goals against before he retired injured. Uh, in came Jackson Whistle, thirteen shots against, no goals against, thirty six minutes played. In in on your referees were Daniel Ferguson and the best referee from the Northeast, uh, his mum told me. It's uh, Steve Brown who went on to do some uh, Nationalised Hockey League uh, later. I got a text from um, our good friend uh, Mr. Craig Simpson on that. But uh, yes, Steve Brown was a referee. Says what went wrong on Friday that went wrong, went right on Saturday. Uh, we didn't turn up the second period. That's it. The, the second period just wasn't good enough, and I think Adam commented on it. Uh, you know, we, we came out really, really well in the first and played very, very well in the third. I thought we dominated both those periods, but giving up three goals in the space of about six or seven minutes in the second just sort of deflated us. We did really well to come back into the game on, on Friday night, um, you know, get it back to, to take it to overtime, because that, pr- that point could be crucial down the line, um, you know, and, and again, when it gets to overtime, you know, you sort of you, you get a chance to go one way. You, you know, you've got a shot on goal, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're up against it, trying to basically chase back for Connor Sills, who's just seems to be having a couple of goals against us this season as well. So it was important, as I say, to, to get that point and try and take it the overtime, which we did. Because as I say, I thought it was a really good fight back in the third. Um, and do you want me to cover part of the Saturday as well, or just yeah, co- uh, you just, cover as you want to. I mean, I'll, I'm just going to throw up the uh, the goals as they come. You know, the, the Saturday was absolute dominance. Um, I don't think we did anything wrong on Saturday. Uh, we didn't give him a sniff. Uh, even, you know, Besco going down, it was funny the night. And Sarah, Besco's wife, put on uh, Instagram and, and uh, the Facebook, uh, Besco good. falling over with a wee bit of music on it is very humorous. Um, and I said to Besco tonight about it, like he was at the golf fair tonight. So um, he's feeling a wee bit better and, and hopefully he'll be back on the ice uh, either tomorrow or Thursday. But absolute dominance um a really really solid performance on the saturday uh, i didn't think we we give them anything i don't you know i, I don't know what the shots on goal davy might be able to to come up with that but we just dominated every aspect of the game um really great to see jackson get the shutout ultimately i think it is his shutout isn't that right davy um no. with self-classes <laughs> best go shutout no it's ah oh, come on class is a team shutout oh the is win, that right the win the win goes to Besco, but the the shutout goes to the club. It might is even be right? our first. That's cracked yet. Yeah. I never knew. Neither neither neither, goal, neither neither goaltender gets the shutout. It goes down as a club shutout. Oh. Just, just, I don't like that. But Besco gets Besco gets the win as being the goaltender who was in nets when the game winning goal was scored. Yes. So but he I could be on for one minute, score in the first minute, go out injured after one minute, be one 0 up, win the game seven 0 get the win. <laughs> But there that's just statistics. And and see when they're just to jump across there, see that first goal, the work by Conway is sensational. The 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 tight turn behind his own blue line and to go the length of the ice to, to be the man that assists Goodwin. 
It's an incredible piece of play. Well, Julie, Michelle, sorry, sorry, I was gonna say, Julie, you know, coming to you on that, you know, Dundee, we knew was a tough, tough place to go. We've had our problems with them home and away, so you know, yeah. for them to take two points off us, I have to say, isn't that much of a shock overall. It's good that we were able to pull one back. Um, and you know, get one out of there, and and then to show our class the next day just proved that you know we are a, a team higher up the league. I think it's a, and a view from the bridge cliche by now, but I feel like we said a lot that Omar Pasha will always at some point get a big result over the Giants, and uh, I feel like he's done it more than once this season. There, there was obviously too that many times. Very- yeah, very disappointing defeat at the SSE, uh, which stuck in the throat for a little while. Um, but look, you know, you, you have to look at the positives of of, uh, of the character comeback in that third period. Simon's obviously right, and the coach alluded to it in, in interviews as well, that, that the Giants kind of lost the run, um, but by conceding those three in a row in short space uh, at the end of the second. Um, but thank you. Thank you to friend of the show, friend of the Belfast <laughs> Giants, friend of Jordan Boucher, Kyle Haas, um, for that garbage slashing penalty to open the third period, um, which obviously <laughs> opened the door for JJ. Jay Pickenich to hammer back that 3-2 and 3-2 is a whole different hockey game at the start of the third period um, and obviously then the equaliser came uh, just w- just before 10 minutes to go um, so big thanks to Kyle Haas for that we obviously needed that much appreciated Davey a bit of a well I'll let you take up with regards to Friday's game as you want but also on Saturday's game if you were to listen to the commentary as well that they sort of focused quite a bit on it with the, the controversy over Tyler Soy's first goal or, yeah, sorry, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's what? Oh, sorry, Tyler saw his only goal. Yeah, well, here, here it is. We're, we're, you've, just, you've just timed this perfectly because it's picking it, puts it across here. And Soisey, I think I've slowed down and, and blew up the next angle. If we're, if we're very, very fortunate just here with our timing. For me, yeah. oh, Davey. Well, for me, Soisey's foot is planted as it hits a skate and then he moves his foot. So, you know, when it hits a skate, a skate's planted on the ground, and you're allowed to direct a puck in the net with your foot. For me, good goal. So that's all I got to say on that. It's a, it's a good goal. The referees went and looked at it, got it right. So, you know, we don't often credit them with when they do things right. We're like the slabber at them when they do things wrong, but they got that one right as far as I'm concerned. On Friday night, I, I was obviously down at the Lion King or Ronaldo scoring. <laughs> um, um, it was down at the Lion King, so I didn't get to watch the game until Saturday morning. And then I phoned Simon and was chatting to him. And it's just think the difference between Friday and Saturday, although Simon says absolutely perfectly about the second period, execution in terms of shooting, we didn't shoot the puck enough. And we didn't shoot the puck in good positions on, on Friday night. On Saturday night, we just came out and we shot everything. I think that I did I text you earlier, like 100 shots or something ridiculous. It was ridiculous, so, yeah. Um, was that Friday or Saturday? You can burn with me. You won't say it. Only came me one second to throw us up. That's Friday. Sunday against five. Five. So Saturday against Dundee. You know, twenty-seven Grade A chances, and we and we took we got down low in the slot there. We took our chances on Friday night or Saturday night. Sorry, so many games, so many nights. Um, yeah. but well deserved. And this team, this team does really well, leads well. You get one or two up, they're a really good team. Um, they don't go away either. To be fair to them, on on Friday night and Sunday night, which we'll come on to, we had to come from deficits to get ourselves back in the game. And the boys kept trucking, even though it was the the fourth game of the of the weekend, but. You know, as far as Friday goes, a bit disappointing because I felt, and statistically would back me up, I felt we were the better team. Dundee didn't go away, and unless you put these teams away, you know, they can come back and bite you in the ass, which has happened to us a few times over the course of the season. So you got to get those chances. When you get them down low, you got to you got to convert, you got to execute, as uh, as Adam Keith would say. And, uh, you know, we went into Saturday night and we executed really well and thoroughly, thoroughly deserved, obviously, a 7-0 
blowout felt a bit sorry for um for pass whenever that goal went in for from uh, which they were back around to again but you know good goal and, and they sort of crumbled at that stage a wee bit for for about 10 minutes they lost the run themselves a wee bit and by that time it was five nil six nil game game dead and buried and that allowed us to you know as joel talks about game management allowed us to really take the foot off the gas a wee bit in the third period interesting just to come to you on this Simon is the fact that you know if you do feel hard done by and I was you know I'm very very disappointed in Omar Pasha that he didn't slam the door when he was talking to the referee I was I was willing him on to slam that door in frustration <laughs> after after Soy's goal but you know there are two ways to respond to that one you crumble or two you fight back and I've I kind of was disappointed to see Dundee didn't fight back at all. And you, you end up getting what is a narrative coming out of the game, especially from the commentary of, you know, it all comes down to that third goal when it really didn't. No, I mean, again, we, we topped it. I know I was listening to Posh, um, his interview after the game, and he was very disappointed with everything that they did. And he did mention about the, you know, the third goal was crucial. It wasn't all. We 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 were not going to lose that game on Saturday night. I don't care what way they look at it at all. Um, the boys were disappointed with not getting two points on the Friday night. Disappointed with not coming out for the second period. Um, and disappointed with conceding those three goals. So you know they you talk about professional performances, um, and you get you know those uh, those seven goals on the Saturday night. It was absolute dominance. I've already said it, and um, and it was one. It was probably one of our better performances of the season, to be honest. Um, I thought we just played really, really well all over the ice. One of the things that, that I don't know if, it, if you caught up on it, and I didn't see it from the first camera angle, but there was an incident on the um, on the Friday night when I, when uh, Morrison, uh, we were on a penalty. We ended up getting a two-on-one shorthanded uh, chance going the other way, and Morrison shakes his helmet to throw it off in the middle of a two-on-one. And that's the, it, it's getting becoming an absolute joke. He does that all the time. The same as Carruth. Many times that he knocked that off the other night. And you know, we, I have to be careful about you know talking about officials <laughs> and not doing things right because I know it's been a, a contentious issue this weekend. But somebody's got to that. catch on to this. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to catch on to this because Morrison does it all the time. All the time he takes. You know, how many times this season, Davey? Because again, you you pay attention to this sort of stuff. How many times this season has he has he went over to the to take a bit of time to maybe fix his helmet or go to the bench and get the you know get looked at? Get him off the ice and get another bloody goalie on. You know, it's get it's becoming an absolute joke. Um and he did it the other night again. He threw his helmet off when we were a two-on-one shorthanded opportunity. Um and I thought it was a bloody disgrace. Was it him that stopped for a couple of paracetamols earlier in the season? Aye. On the ice. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Trainer on get the give the ice and get more. But again, listen, the same as Cruyff last week. Cruyff, how many times did he kick his net off last weekend? At least four times. D- and least difficult four. to kick. Diff- quite difficult to kick him off in the Odyssey, too. You're absolutely 100% correct because they've got the pegs in the bottom of him. 100%. Rant over. <laughs> Paddy, another thing that we haven't mentioned just about that 7-0 win, uh, another brilliant night on special teams, three power play goals out of five power plays and 100% on the penalty kill. It's just lovely to see that consistency continue to tick along and that we continue to contribute on special teams. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's move on to the final game. The highlights from that game. Both from, uh, from Dundee Stars, I think you get highlights and extended highlights, which I think are about half an hour per game. But you know, fair play. Uh, we go on to Sundays. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, um, you go on to Sundays game against the uh, the Five Flowers. 
in Kirkcaldy, and it was a it was another attritional one. The Belfast Giants ultimately winning in the shootout three two. Uh, Thacker and Chris Lawrence scoring on the power play for the uh, Five Flowers. David Goodwin, Slater Doggett with uh, just under a minute and a half to go, levels it to bring it in the overtime. It ultimately goes to the shootout, and David Goodwin is credited with the shootout winner. Uh, Shane Owen in nets for the Five Flowers, 44 shots against, two shots, two goals against. And uh, Jackson Whistle, 32 shots against, two goals against. Pavel Hallis and Alan Ward are your referees for that game. Um, Joel, obviously, and I'll put this down as well, maybe to the loss of uh, Jordan Boucher earlier in the week, who obviously did nice in this game, but there was a real lack of jump, a winning outcome, but were the Giants tired? I thought that the body language and just the... the I don't, I don't know if, if it was maybe me just reading too far into it because it was game four of the week, but they even just looked labored in the way they were transitioning and the way they were kick or you know step stepping off to, to stride. They just it, it looked a little bit slower and more labored than, than usual. Uh, you know, I think you can you can always see it in these kinds of games. You know, you, you have um, absolutely nothing happens in that game until the thirty second minute um, when, when five score their opener, uh, a penalty free first. Uh, absolutely nothing going on in that first period. Um, just not enough tempo, not enough kind of edge. Uh, to, to, to create any chances and make something happen. I did think that the, the goalie duel between uh, Owen and Wiss in that first period was probably the only real entertaining thing from the early game. The, the pair of them were, were sort of taking turns at making a, a couple of a couple of decent saves. Uh, and, and I think uh, that, that Wiss, you know, gave a good account of himself stepping in for, for Besco on the road. Um, but again, you know, whenever it came down to it, for it being the, the fourth game, for going behind a goal, the Giants had to go into, and that's a difficult building. We've talked about Kirkcaldy before, the Five Five Serena being a difficult building to go to. The fans are right on top of you. There, there's no uh, segregation between the penalty box and the crowd. They're right above you in the benches. It's a, it's an intimidating atmosphere as far as, as hockey in, in the UK goes. So to come in there, probably tired, probably everybody dinged up, feeling it, um, to go a goal down and to find a way to dig yourself out and, and to make it happen. That was a, a character win and, and you keep seeing that those little glimpses of, of kind of character and, and being able to haul the game on your back whenever it's not going your way and make something happen. We, we just need to take that and drop it onto games against the, the Sheffield Steelers and the Cardiff Devils. That's uh, that's that's going to make you challenge for championships. But uh, that was that was probably the game of the week that I enjoyed the most. I enjoyed that more than the 7-0 thrash, and it was lovely to see the boys uh, not not win pretty. Winning ugly, still winning, uh, and I don't care how you do it. We came out of there with the points, and, and it was brilliant to see. Like we've we've said it many times, Davy, four games in five days. This was three. This was the third in three days. Fife themselves just travelled up from Guildford all the way up from Guildford to back to for that game. So both teams suffering from either travel or from lethargy or from you know fatigue from from the schedule. But ultimately, you know, again, you just look at the fact that the Giants were able to get that goal from Slater Doggett on fifty at thirty three and turn it into a two point. Got got seen on the night, I suppose. Um, you know, we came out very, very well in that first period. We had 41 shots, 20 on target in that first period. Like we 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 should really have won this game pretty comfortably. Credit words due. Fife blocked 36 shots. <laughs> Blumenshine blocked seven on his own. Lawrence blocked six. You know, these players were dying in front of their goaltender to, to keep that out. And sometimes you come up against a team that just don't want to be beaten. Like you know, go down the stats. Forty grade A chances, and it's one of those. Yes, energy levels are probably down. 
take away that it's four games. You're six or what six days away from your own home comforts, not in your own bed. You're you're eating and wherever they're eating all the time. You're take away coffee and tea every time you want to drink. You're sleeping in unfamiliar beds. You're always transiting. You're in buses. You're in planes, trains, airplanes, whatever. So you know it was a difficult road trip. It was the fourth night. We're playing bang up. You know when you when you look at it. Uh, um, give me a second. Or like the top from top to bottom, we played really well. The top six carried the weight in terms of point scoring, and then you had the likes of Hookie and um, Longer coming in, not not scoring as many points, but bring, contributing really well. And and Slater Doggett nine points across on plus five across the the weekend or across the Wednesday to Sunday for me probably the the man of the little road trip. I thought Scott Conway did really well. Face offs, setting up players and picking it and, and Goodwin with him are, are doing really well. Goaltending was pretty good. Right, so right through the trip, I think if you if you take it as a whole circle, right back to the start of the Coventry game, if you'd have said to us last Tuesday night when we were doing this podcast, boys, we're going away on this six-day trip here. I wouldn't like to be working out what the early rate is there for the, some of the boys, but, um, you know, <laughs> at our McDonald's maybe, but um, in, in, ter- in terms of in terms of if you'd said, I'll give you seven points out of eight. When I look back at the games, and I think when Adam Keith looks back at the games, he'll be disappointed not to get the eighth point because I think overall we actually deserved in those games to win those games in terms of chances, in terms of great A's, in terms of good goaltending, in terms of good defence. You know, we coughed up a couple of PKs at bad times, won the five on three, I think we conceded on. But, you know, we've scored power play goals across the weekend. We've scored lots of even strength goals. We've carried the play in all four games. And, you know, if we would have had eight idea points, it would have been fantastic. Seven idea is really good. I, I thought towards the end of the third period was the time that I thought we started to look tired. I thought through the first 40 minutes, we've got this in the bag here, but it just wasn't to be. But seven out of eight, I'll take that all day long. Both both of our goals in that five game on the power play. Yeah, they no, so- oh, you come up with that last one. That, that last one's big. Two minutes or so left. Having yep. the balls to pull West to get that sixth man on there and, and Slater dog it would, would cough it up. JJ picking it goes back in there and wins that puck back before they get to send it up the ice or it's game over. Pick manages to get it across the ice then to dog it who turns and shoots, gets the goal. And you know, at that point, I'll not tell you what I shouted when I was ironing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're ironing, Simon, well, what did you shout when it was a nice one? <laughs> You can ask Jasmine, she was up the stairs and heard me. I was at the front house, she was at the back house, and she still heard me. So yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a good effort. But look, I'm just listening to the boys talking about you know the fatigue and and the, the tired and stuff like that. In all fairness, lads, you would look absolutely busted playing four games in five days. Whether it's playing yeah, football or yeah, hockey, yeah. I've been there before, and it is not easy, um, especially you having three lines. Um, we play with three lines all weekend. Obviously, Bush had tried to play on the Wednesday um, and uh, wasn't up for it, and, and he had the dropout. I know what the couple of kids are, but you can't put them in when it's 1-1 one, one and 2-1 against Fife, and obviously the game against um, Dundee two nights earlier as well. Uh, they got a bit of ice time on the on the Saturday, obviously with being 7-0 uh, victory, but playing the four games in the five nights, I'm not surprised the boys were absolutely knackered. Yeah. Um, but to be 2-1 down, and as David said there, the pool West at an important time, you get in that penalty. And the penalty was created because of all the hard work in that zone. So you can you're still trying to put the effort in, you're still uh, you know, you're still moving your feet, you're, and that makes it easier for 
um, penalties to be called against you because you're still trying to keep it going and get the Lynette. So uh, I thought it was a really resilient performance on the Sunday night. Um, and it's one of those ones where, as Davey just touched on it there, picking up seven points of a eight-point road trip and being disappointed not to get um, uh, the uh, the win on the Friday night. Uh, ultimately, you know, when you look over that whole um, that whole twelve period of play um, and regulation, you know, winning eleven of them, um, you know, you've got to take that as, as a massive positive. And then when you, when you you're three, you lose three goals in the second period on Friday night against Dundee. And then all of a sudden you come back, you get the fight back, and you get that game the overtime. You're feeling good. You, you know, you think you're gonna um, obviously pick up the win there as well. Uh, you've got the, the momentum, you've got everything going your way, and obviously, you know, it didn't turn out that way. But to come away with the 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 shootout went over five and five after shooting hundred shots, uh, thirty six blockers, Davy said, and and I thought again, I thought we dominated. I thought we played really really well for for being in that position of four and five. So um, great to get the two points are. Great to see Conway have we celebration with the five fans and getting them uh, to lose their kick. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, <laughs> overall, I, th- I don't think we've, I don't think we can, we can argue with, with picking up those seven points in those four games. And um, and Chris Ravel that sent me an email last week uh, actually wasn't sent, didn't send it to me, but sent it, and I responded to it. I said, Look, just take one game at a time. That's the way it works. Um, and uh, I think he was, you know, when he, when you look at that, and I think the fans would probably look at that going. Do you know what? Two games in Dundee, one game in Fife. You're starting to play well. Got a brilliant win the night before against Guildford in Guildford. Um, and then Coventry as well. Yeah, you would have thought Coventry's going to be the free one because they've got so many guys out. But those other three games and three nights are always going to be competitive. And I don't think too many Giants fans would give you, you know, too much of a hope going in there and getting three wins. So seven points in eight. I think it was a very, very positive week. I'm just having a quick look as well. I think you know we have a three and three in a couple of weeks. I get where it's two games at home Guilford. to Guildford and then away to Guildford, just a Guildford triple. Yep. Um, but uh, outside of that, I think that you know our schedule sort of breaks up. Shy on us having uh, hopefully an extra game to play in there, but the uh, the, the that sort of four in. Five is not something that we'll encounter again this season. We will get the three and three against Guildford, but uh, no, that's uh, all around a really good performance from the Giants. You know, to come away with seven from eight is a positive, and uh, you know, well done to the lads. The highlights from that game. Oh, one one actual thing before we do leave that game is um, and I know she's getting plaudits on Twitter for it. Uh, and David, you were very is Laura Duff on on commentary. Uh, it was a real upgrade there. I thought she did really well, and I, I, you have to be very, so very careful because I don't mean that to be condescending. Like, yep. well, she shouldn't do anything but do very well because you know yeah. why shouldn't she? You know, you get in trouble for saying some things, but I just thought she was she was really, really good. Contacted me for pronunciations for players. I'm not the right person to, to talk to, <laughs> but, you know. But I, I was going to troll, as as Joel said. But no, we'll give her the right ones. Um, but look, Laura did really well, and we said we'll have to get her. Uh, we'll probably. Well, we'll be playing them again. We'll get her on. You know, Play five Saturday. I well, too late now. Owner <laughs> 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 got her number. Um, but you know, I thought she did really well. Simon will tell you it, and you've done it as well. Joel's done it. Play by play. See doing color beside Simon, and he, he's talking about it. And there's a break and play, and he says, "Davey," and you just describe what you've just seen. It's yep. easy. Throw yeah. a bit of your own opinion in. Doing that, calling the, the game. He ran away one night. We were playing. He was like. I've got 
bird or something said something, says it's gone, and he's like, go, go. And you're like, ah. <laughs> and uh, Rain has the pup, and he, um, uh, you know, it's, yeah. Simon's yeah. got all, how he identifies players so quickly. The research, the the research that goes in. The opposition phenomenal. especially. Um, so hats off to anyone that does that play-by-play. So yes, very, very good. I thought she did really, really well. Yeah, I said that in our group so. chat during the week. Like, I, I, I quite enjoy the, the football play-by-play, but hockey is like football on fast forward. And, uh, and I struggle enough to, to watch kind of the pace of football. So I would make an absolute fool of myself call and play-by-play on a hockey game. It is an uh, underappreciated art and it's much, much harder than anyone who, who has never tried it would ever believe. It's not just sitting, watching the game, talking with your friends. So credit to anybody who steps up and can do a job. There you go, Sam. <laughs> just sit like this, yeah, You have the highlights on that Flyers TV. I don't know if they're on YouTube yet, but they do usually put them up probably a week after. Right. Well, here before you before you go, go here we go. Oh. Just because because I had these um, handy. So from the five games or four games played, Slater Dog at nine points, Mark Cooper seven points, JJ Pickett at seven points, Ben Nick five points, Scott Conway five points, David Goodwin five points, Soizy three, Griff three, Cam Knight two, Longer two, Sam Rev one. Um, uh, Rainer won contributions right down the line. Spread contributions spread right there. down the line. You, you'd Kale, young Kale, um, came on on Wednesday night, got a few shifts on Wednesday night, involved in the goal, gets himself a plus one. So, there's contributions all over the ice, and that's when you go on one of those six day trips, you need everybody contributing. And I thought everybody did. We talk, I talked earlier on about Soise's um, pass with across the ice. There's another one in, I can't remember, it's a Dundee game, five game. Where Longer comes down the left wing and plays it in, and Soy is standing in the slot one on one with goalie, and instead of shooting from the blue paint, he just does a wee no look past. I can't remember who it is. Comes and slams it in at the back post. Lovely, lovely goal. He's got really, really nice vision. Like, good to see him get a couple of points as well because he's a wee slow start to January, and it's now February. It is. It is. <laughs> so I, I was uh, just just with just when you're yeah, that's a real stat there. Whenever you're whenever I'm going through the numbers, it's good to see. The top six being really strong, and then the rest of the boys all contribute. Really nice road trip from the boys. Good spread on that. Well done. Oh, to the if we don't I, get, if we don't give one to get shout out, going, but if we out, don't give on. one shout out. He drove nearly a thousand miles for this club. Oh yes, half big nod. How many kit washes did he do? Tile washes, sock washes, whatever. Jock washes. He did everything for a week, nearly on the road, and driving a thousand miles in that Ivana has so far played him. Is he getting the bit of 974.4 actually. I know you like it, you know, and I get those stats in the spread. That's a stat. That's a stat there. If it was filling the match, he didn't for work, it would be. You're absolutely right, Davey. I mean, I, I've been down on Monday. The boys come back early Monday morning. Um, I know some of them stay up and watch the, the um, um, egg chasing. Um, and, uh, uh, that you know, Taff went straight to the arena when he got off the ferry, and he was there until after lunch because he had you know with all those kits to wash, as you say. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's just incredible. And and look, you know, he does it on his own. You know, he does it all on his own. And even if you offered him help, and Davey will tell you this, the amount of times I've gone in to give him a hand, you basically you're, you're not folding that right. And he appreciates you try, but you're sort of doubling the work for him because he has to take it out again unfold it fold it properly and then set it down and and you know put it where he wants to do it he's just he's just a bit um you can't use that word on here he's just a bit precise meticulous um, and uh 
Yeah, he is very, very meticulous. So it's you know yeah. he was absolutely knackered. And, and to be honest, because we were the boys are all out tonight um, doing the the golf, and I was trying to put a tough to come on the podcast. Um, but he says, "No, I'm not doing. It. I'm sitting my feet up watching the football." So let him have that. Yeah. Nice one. They've done a top, top job as always. Right. You just mentioned it there, but Simon, as you can see, is trying to dry off from a trip down to the Gulf uh, with the USC. While he was there, he had a chance to chat with Jordan Boucher and with mm-hmm. David Goodwin. David Goodwin on uh, a rainy Tuesday night in Belfast at the uh, OSC. First event of the year due to the current situation that we're in, and hopefully we're going to organize some more. And um, although it's a, a wet night, Goody, it's a bit of cracking. And uh, I believe that Andre Dixon is leading the way with a couple of all ones. Yeah, it's good to have a bit of crack with the fans. Obviously, some, these are some of our biggest supporters, so we're grateful for them. And uh, yeah, you know, the weather it's a little tough, but uh, you know, it's still been a good time. The weekend, uh, or let's actually talk about the week. Um, four games on the road, four games in five nights. Uh, you know, down with three lines. It's a tough, tough ask. Surely, you must be happy with seven points out of eight. Yeah, it was a grind, but you know what? Like four games, like I thought we played pretty well in all four of them. And as you mentioned, seven points out of eight, we'll take that. And uh, the weekend, as I say, it's, you know, the fatigue effort comes into it. And, and you know, it's sort of difficult to remember everything that happens in all the games. But being 2 1 down with a couple of minutes to go in five, getting that uh, game time goal, and then obviously the, the shootout winner uh, is a big, big plus. Yeah, you know, Kiefer made a good point after the game. Like, it might not have been exactly how we wanted to get the two points, but we got the two points, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. This week, um, back to work, Fife in Belfast on Saturday. Uh, away at Nottingham on Sunday, and then a Challenge Cup game next week against Nottingham as well. Games are coming thick and fast. Yeah, you know, not much time, uh, you know, to, to, to rest. We're back at it, you know, with practice tomorrow. Um, you know, a huge week coming up, so we'll be ready to go. Cheers, Goody. Thank you. Cheers. Jordan, uh, last week, uh, four games in five nights, you tried on Wednesday, obviously you picked up a bit of a niggle, um, didn't work out, so you've got a good view of all the games the weekend, it's never easy watching your teammates, um, but seven points uh, out of eight, you must have been proud of the boys in the effort to put in. Yeah, I think uh, I think they played great, you know, seven points out of eight on the road, you know, it's not it, they're not easy buildings to win in, especially... Gen D5, these guys play man on man down low. It takes, it takes a lot of traffic, it takes the dirty goals, you know, and I think the guys did a great a great job bringing the pucks to net and scoring some nice goals. Obviously, it started last Wednesday against the company Blaze. Uh, Blaze with the team that's depleted with numbers. Um, but it, it, some of those games are difficult to, to get mindset right, and but the boys obviously uh, put that right in the first period. No, you're right, and you know, and Coventry is a tough building to play. It's a pretty cool building to start with, and Especially when you're standing watching. Exactly. <laughs> a few tater tots over there. No, I mean, uh, definitely tough building to play in. And you know what? They scored the first goal, if I remember right. And the guys, did they? Yeah, yeah they, did. they scored yeah. the first goal, yeah. And then um, the guys came back, you know, and then didn't face them so it just proves uh, that there's a lot of character in the room and again Dundee the two games in Dundee which were always tough to go into but a dominant performance with a 7-0 victory on Saturday night yeah you know what uh, not an easy building to play in uh, crowds on you the whole game you know guys did a good job stick to the process you know and uh, show a lot of character that, that first game as well you know we were down two goals going into the third tied the game unfortunate the outcome that happens in overtime but uh, you know what Came back the next the next night, scored six goal on answer. You know, I, you know, it's it's tough to uh, say they didn't do anything right. You know? 
Um, you've switched codes tonight. Um, you're playing a bit of golf uh, with the fans at the OSC event. Um, I know the Wellers obviously put a bit of a damper on it, but um, a bit of fun behalf by everybody. Yeah, I think it was, it was good to meet the fans. You know, they support us every weekend, and it's the least we can do, right? We want to be as close to them as they are close to us, kind of going around the ice. Um, it was uh, it was great, you know. Unfortunately, it was a little bit of rainy, and the uh, course was soaked, but uh, you guys had fun, and uh, it was uh, it was a great event. Check out all them on. Didn't see it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I think it was all in one. one or a couple of them. Two of them. Yeah, what a boy. What a, a boy. Not a bad return. Not a bad return. The, uh, what, are you, what are you taking there, Simon? Oh, thanks to Nordman Supplements. Trying to get the big <laughs> man on his feet after COVID still. Very <laughs> <laughs> right, much appreciated. I'll just here, I'll just have you we have a bit of a laugh here. So um I got a text from Deco there. Um where is it? Where's my trophy? Um <laughs> I said before. He says, I've got two hole-in-ones. Here's me. That's in my car. I'll sort it out. I want a presentation on the ice tomorrow morning, and I want Cons to give me it because he didn't get one. He's what time's practice? <laughs> Not sure. I said, well, if you, if you don't know, I'm sure as hell I don't know. And he said, all right, okay, I'll find out. So he went away and found out. 10, 15, whereabouts, the fun bowl. Okay, no problem. I says, I'll see what I can sort for you. That's fine. Make sure you do. <laughs> Listen, serious Serious competitor, you have to respect it. Well, but the problem the was, um, there's no way I get away. Sorry, Dave, do you want the video for it? Oh, yes, want these. Believe it or not, we did we did get a video of one of those hole in ones. No, the trophy presentation, right? Okay, <coughs> we'll do that. We'll get something get, sort of get, get it on camera. We'll get it on a view from the bridge. Get in the hole, oh, Brennan. He's Brennan, right? Uh, news, Mr. Neil. Yes, Paddy, in the Premier Sports Elite League this past week, uh, there, oh boy, there was a stunning capitulation by the Glasgow clan at Ice Arena Wales last Wednesday. This actually ruined my day. Malcolm Cameron's side were 2-0 up until the 53rd minute and actually went out of their way 10 minutes beforehand to tweet, the last yep. time we won in Cardiff, unbelievable move, uh, until the 53rd minute before four unanswered goals from the Cardiff Devils sent them back to Scotland empty-handed. Cheers, boys. Nice one. On Friday, the Manchester Storm bounced back from last weekend's one-point return from a Blaze doubleheader, defeating the Nottingham Panthers 4-2 at the Drizzle Dome. On Saturday, the Five Flyers made the... Dave, if you don't mind, I did my maths before I come onto the show tonight. The Five Flyers made the 898-mile round trip in a bus Jeez. to Guildford. And got it done against the Flames, winning 5-1. That brutal bus trip was the debut of Fife's new D-man, Kyle Thacker, who got his name on the score sheet against Euro Belfast Giants the following night. Um, elsewhere on Saturday, the Sheffield Steelers defeated the Manchester Storm 5-2 in Yorkshire, their first meeting. Believe, believe it or not, their first league meeting this season uh, due to COVID, the COVID-19 shuffle. Uh, they did meet four times in the Challenge Cup, and that game was Sheffield making it a perfect five across uh, all competitions. The Cardiff Devils widened the gap on the Nottingham Panthers with a 5-2 win at home and the Glasgow clan fell 6-4 to the Coventry Blaze in Brayhead. On Sunday, it was another four-point weekend for Sheffield as they dispatched the Glasgow clan 3-2 at home, the winner coming in the 54th minute from Mark Valorand. The Nottingham Panthers did us all a favour with a 4-1 home win over the Cardiff Devils on Sunday, and the Guildford Flames ran out 5-1 winners from the Coventry 
banter dome. Uh, Paddy, if you don't mind, <laughs> if you got the standings there, fire them up, and we'll uh, we'll take a look at where we sit here. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, still... I'm, not, I'm not I'm not as prepared as it should be, Joel. But um, okay, well, Phil, well, just Phil, just, just, um, uh, here we go, here we go. It's well, as we all know, it's still a three horse race at the top of the elite league table. Um, the Sheffield Steelers still lead the way with 55 points from 32 games played, and still only four regulation defeats all season. Uh, your Belfast Giants leapfrog the Cardiff Devils into second place. You are just love to see that with 52 points from 34 games and uh, maintain those two games in hand crucially as Cardiff sit one point behind with 36 games played uh, way back in the distance at this point in the season the Nottingham Panthers are in fourth with 33 points from 33 games played and are still really honestly struggling for consistency I had a look back through their their uh, points and how they've picked them up they've only got two regulation wins in their last 10 and a couple of uh, overtime losses they go for flames how they're fourth it's mad, it's mad. Uh, but but if you look at how close the rest of the table is the, the Guilford Flames remain in 5th with 30 from 33 and uh, as I say it gets tight in the bottom half of the table as the Blaze Storm and Clan sit within 2 points of each other uh, once again though because of the way this season has been it's important to note the differential in games played there so after it shakes out it could be a, a whole shuffle there uh, the Dundee Stars sit outside playoff contention by a single point with 25 from 30 games played and the Fife Flyers remain bottom with only 8 regulation wins from 32 and their 20 points uh and other league <clears throat> news this week uh davy if you don't mind i'm being stats heavy tonight i'm coming at you with distances and buses and all sorts uh i'm gonna open dops news with a stat uh since barry brust uh the, the one and only barry brust from sheffield was suspended on the 12th of december 2021 dops have announced four suspensions those four suspensions have all been Cardiff Devils players, and Mark Lewis is two of them. So congratulations to the <laughs> the Cardiff Goon Squad. Um, I'm sure we can all obviously safely assume that none of them were legitimate suspensions. The refs are out to get you, and it's just not fair. Um, yeah, on yeah. Sunday night in Cardiff, uh, Devils forward Brandon McNally was ejected from the game and subsequently fined and suspended for a further two following an altercation with Panthers forward Matthew Toussignon. Toussignon? Toussignon. Toussignon. Um, after two segment after a consultation with match night officials it was deemed that uh, this is a stoppage of play where both teams are entitled to make a line a line change with cardiff being the home team and therefore having the last change it was deemed that mcnally left the bench as part of a legal line change a legal a legal line change however instead of proceeding directly to the ensuing face-off he'd skits directly towards tucson and instigates an altercation and you're not allowed to do that. And on Sunday afternoon in Nottingham, uh, Devils demon Mark Lewis. I feel like every time we talk about Dobbs, we talk about Mark Lewis. I think this is his third this season. Um, he was ejected from the game and subsequently fined and suspended for two games following an altercation with Panthers forward Sean Richards. I um, okay. don't know if you saw this, boys, um, but there's a bit of uh, contact between Richards and Carruth in the Cardiff goal, uh, which was yeah. deemed incidental by the refs. Uh, Richards goes down. Lewis engages him uh, with a bit of a cross-check. And then they have a bit of a grappling match. Um, the DOP says that initially they were both willingly engaged um, and attempted to get to their feet. And um, while they were engaged, Justin Crandall comes in, tries to pull Richards away from Lewis. This ends up with Richards and Lewis falling back onto the ice and the Linos jump in, um, which would obviously at that point signal sort of the end of the altercation. Um, but not for Mark Lewis, who uh, attempts to grab Richards, who's no longer a willing combatant. He's restrained by the linesman and instead of stopping, decides to throw a few big haymakers over the Lino, um, which is mwah, stunning stuff. Uh, so yeah, the DOP's 
actually did say that they understand that Lewis is frustrated on this play with what's perceived as unnecessary contact with his goaltender. Um, Dobbs has established in the past that players are not excused from punishment because they're acting in response to the actions of another player. Um, these little notes that you start to see creeping into Dobbs' explanations are quite interesting based on previous cases and stuff. Um, what causes this play to rise to the level of supplementary discipline is the nature of the punches, as in punching through a lino on the ground, um, and the force in which they are delivered to an opponent who is unable to protect himself. And both McNally and Lewis are repeat offenders. Um, the only other thing I'm going to bring up... So just, 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 so just... Sure, just sorry. Do, what was the score at that point? As in, they obviously got a tanking in... in um, tell you right now. In, in I think it was 2-1 to Nottingham. So it was tight enough. I was, it wasn't. This is the frustration from Lewis of being tanked, and he's just like, "I'm just going to start punching people." It, it was actually a tight game at that. Did, and he, he more did anybody see his... the video? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see? I, I mean, I can't remember which linesman it was, but I mean, the, the line one of the linesmen is holding Richards' arms while Lewis is lying on top of him, punching mm-hmm. away at him. The other linesman <laughs> standing watching. You know, you can't be doing that. It's not good for the game at all. And that nope. at the end of the day, if, if the other linesman gets engaged there. And he gets hold of Lewis. Lewis doesn't get suspended, or potentially doesn't mm-hmm. get suspended. But you know, if, if you've got a free one, you've got a free punch at somebody. In all fairness, I'd have took it myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> never in doubt. Never, <laughs> never. In sorry, doubt, you know. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Go for it. No, not at all. The, the only other thing to mention, uh, as has been announced today, um, the Coventry Blaze are back in COVID protocol, and as a result, tomorrow's road trip to Guildford has been cancelled. Um, I might be wrong, but I don't see any Premier Sports games on the schedule at the moment. I'm not sure if there's a bit, a bit of a break or something. Murphy, um, yeah, sure. M- M- yeah, Murphy. Ah, yeah. he's at the Olympics. Good he's shot. At the, at the Olympics. So, uh, tune into I mean, again, the, next, the next, I think, three of the next four games all feature the Glasgow clan that are on Premier Sports. I don't know why, like yeah. You know, um, can we just quickly deal with one of the aspects of the news or one of the is regards to that game in Coventry? Um, uh, do we have to? Yes, because <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I just want to make a slight point. If people who don't aren't aware, the the, the DJ, the, the the match night announcer at the uh, Coventry Blaze, JD, who's a, a radio DJ, I think, in, in the city as well. Um, was ejected from the game, having donned a uh, referee's shirt during the game and uh, asked if the referees needed help. And then subsequently later announced, you know, does anybody have a spare whistle? Highlighting the fact that he was not happy with the referee and performance. Stefan Hogarth was one of the referees and JD was ejected from the uh, ejected from the game. Um, Coventry subsequently tweeted out support for JD and uh, and what he was undertaking, and um, obviously there was there was for those who follow on Twitter, there was a response uh, last night from Stephen Hogarth, which was has subsequently been deleted, which was unedifying for everybody. However, what I will say, and I just want to make this point personally, nobody comes out of this well. It's an absolute just ridiculous piece of embarrassment for the Elite League that you have. A match night announcer who has a remit, regardless of you, when, when the puck drops to start the game and the buzzer ends the end of period, that's the game. The game belongs to the players on the ice and the officials that are officiating for it. Now, I have no issue, and like, um, you know, you can, if I had something that you fleshed up hypocrite, I would flash it up now. I have no issue with taking a rip out of referees. I have done it left, right, and center. We all have, we've done it on this very podcast, left, right, and center. But 
we haven't done it in a game during a game actually having a pop at the referee with a microphone in our hand in front and as a, as a means to whip up a crowd that's what it was done it was done as a means to whip up the crowd and therefore whip up the crowd against the referee that's out of order completely out of order in a game Stefan Hogarth was right to eject him from the game the Covenant players are wrong to back him because it should be a case that the remit is during the game you announce what is going on from an official capacity you're not there to comment on the game the entertainment is on the ice the entertainment is not you now the other side of it being unfortunately what happened last night with Stefan Hogarth on Twitter from my point of view it doesn't need to happen you know but all sides need to be professional here. I understand that the referees get a lot of jip. They get a lot of jip from everybody. But without the referees, we said time and time again, the game doesn't happen. So as a whole, this is quite unedifying for the Elite League. There's, there needs to be some sort of warning on all sides to say this cannot happen. Because it was just... Embarrassing. I, on Twitter today, I had a bit of a back and forth with JD, the guy involved. And while I take his point, and he he's tried to say to me that it's you know people have been talking about it, and there's going to be player new new fans coming to the game. About I don't buy that. That's no, nonsense. there's not. No, what, there's not. What, what I, no, that's nonsense. What I will say is. <laughs> no, definitely uncommon. He also said that the crowd went wild. The crowd haven't went wild since 2010. <laughs> the crowd the, went um, mild. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but what I will say is what worried me from what he was putting forward and yes he's good at what he does he's done it for 20 years they're quite happy with what he does there was no contrition or any sort of realization that the reaction that he got from stefan hogarth last night was not a response to nothing it was a response to his actions that took place in the game there has to be a level of contrition there and an understanding there has to be a remit because it you know it's all well and good to say i've done this for 20 years in which case then something needs to be looked at because you cannot have a pop to whip up a crowd in a game against the referee. I think you're absolutely right, Paddy. Um, I mean, there's so much wrong with everything that happened over this whole incident. Again, I, I wasn't in the arena, so I don't know. I haven't seen video of it and I haven't, I haven't really went looking for video. Um, when I seen these messages coming out last night, and to be honest with you, there's not many officials that... that jump on Twitter anymore. Um, I think and I think that's probably because they get a load of flack. Now, look, there's banter and there's banter. And then there's being completely out of line. And some of the comments being aimed at um, Stefan Hogarth. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Davey, with uh, Andy Dalton as well. Some of the comments being made against the officials are they're bloody disgraceful. They're absolutely disgraceful. And it's usually with uh, armchair warriors and, you know, guys, faceless warriors who do it on their, their forums or do it on Twitter and they, they don't come out and, and stand up and be counted about it. And, I mean, I, as soon as I seen no messages from Stefan last night, I got in contact with him because it was blatantly obvious that he's not in a good place. Yep. Now, you know, that that's just not right. And for somebody else, whether it's a fan or whether it's a, whether it's a comedy fan, sorry, or whether it's another fan from another arena, um, having a go at him is it's wrong. It's just wrong. We talk about, I mean, there's it's all over North America, especially with you know Bell. Let's talk. Um, it, was, it was only a few weeks ago, um, and if, for me, it, it's you know I, I had it a couple weeks ago against the, the Cardiff Devils. There was a, it wasn't certainly to the effect of 
of um, of what's been aimed at, at Stefan and other officials. Uh, but at the start of the season, we are held accountable as, as as commentators. We have meetings with the IHL at the start of the season. Luke Fisher, come on, he told us what's expected of us. I've tried to read that in a wee bit, and I'd be the first one to hold my hands up at And I don't think I've been as hard on the officials this year as what I maybe was a couple of years You've ago. Definitely not. And, You've definitely not. No, and, and to be honest, that's because I think they're probably doing a better job. You know, they it, 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 what they do is not an easy job. All these people having a go at them on Twitter, put a pair of skates on, go and do your courses and go and try it yourself. The reason they won't do it is I haven't got the balls to do it. And that's the bottom line. Step without the officials, we do not have a game. If we don't have it, what happens this weekend if all the officials just said, you know what? I'm we're not doing it anymore. We're going out and support a staff in Ogarth. What happens? There's no hockey. There's none. Wang your bloody neck in. It doesn't make a difference what you're doing. If you're having a bad day, yes, you can shout abuse at the official when you're on the ice. Keep it friendly. Keep it friendly. There's always, I mean, the chance fans do it all the time. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. And nine times out of ten, they actually do know what they're doing. They've got the right call, but the fans want it to go their way. And I understand Partisan. that. I understand yeah. that they just want it to be the, for their team. I absolutely get it. But the, the, the abuse that's been aimed to Stefan O'Garth, and again, Andy Dalton a couple weeks ago, is bang out of order. Absolutely not acceptable. Give your head a wobble. Take a look at yourself in the mirror and grow up. It's absolutely disgraceful. And Absolutely. I, th- I think I probably weren't the only one. I I, I dropped to a game message last night as well. I got, I got on really well with him. I think he's a really nice fella. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously never on the ice. I don't. I don't. I'm not part of him being a referee. Uh, I think all the referees do a great job. And to be honest, any of the referees I know, guys like Matt Rose, like Daltz, like Hoagie, uh, James Irons, all of them, they're they're, they're really sound fellas. You have to remember that they're human beings that also have jobs and lives and families and whatever else. And they're in it because they love the game. They're not in it to sabotage the game. Um, even even guys like Smitty and stuff, you know, they're 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 not in it to try and ruin your day. They're not in it to try and and, and cause grief. They're they're there because they love it and, and they want to be part of, of the game. Um, I'm not going to excuse what Hoagie says. I said on Twitter yesterday, I don't think Hoagie will excuse what he said on Twitter yesterday. The thing that stuck in my throat about that is that the internet these days and the way people communicate on the internet, two people are far too busy and far too preoccupied with getting one up and having the moral high ground than actually having the critical thought to sit back and say, this is a human being. And that seems to me like someone who's not in a great place. You're far too busy worrying about point scoring to actually sit back and think like an actual human that we're all mistake. We all make mistakes. We're all not perfect. And they actually think, actually, is he all right? That must be pretty tough for him. No excuse for what he said. I don't think he'll excuse it either. Um, but it's just, it sticks in my throat. The number of people who are very quick to talk about hockey family and it's okay to not be okay listen sometimes not being okay is pretty ugly sometimes it's something that that you wouldn't agree with sometimes it's something that that, that you wouldn't even like to see like like some of those tweets like I, I don't think they were cool to be honest but have the critical thought to sit back and look at the situation and say is that someone who's maybe struggling with this getting piled on and not only that from someone who's an employee of a team like th- there are strict parameters yeah. for what yeah. you do when you go into an arena your job is is what your job is you, you know you, you it's not your job to get involved like that if uh, if any of us stepped out of line like that in our day jobs if any of us st- st- stayed out of, stepped out of line like that in the arena we would get collared 
I've been collared before. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> it was you a really good that? night. And I did. And I, 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 listen, I 100% agree with it. Uh, y- y- younger, younger and more stupid and, and 15 early chokes on me. And, uh, and I deserved <laughs> it. Um, still, I'm terrified of them. But, uh, <laughs> but just, uh, there's, there's, I think a lot of people need to sit back and, and think critically about this and, and just have a bit of humanity and, and realize that not everything's black and white and, and stop worrying about point scoring. Mm-hmm. And honestly, stop getting on like this. It's a really tough look for our sport. It's a really tough look for the league as a whole. Um, let, let's move on past this and just be a bit more uh, emotionally in tune uh, and, and, and a bit more kind of considerate. Anything to add, Davey? Joel has, has, has said very well there what kind of what I wanted to say, and, and Simon and yourself as well. Like, don't want to beat the drum too hard that we're trying to take some sort of moral high ground. Just before you press that wee blue triangle on Twitter or blue arrow, whatever it is, just think, do I really need to send this? The one that struck me last night, and Stefan Hogarth, whenever he looks back and he's deleted those tweets under advice or of his own back, he'll not look back on them. What he said himself with any grip pride, but what the abuse he was taking is out of order, and he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. And we have to realise that we're all, you know, okay, we're a podcast, we're four men. Guys have to look out for the, them, each other as well, and, and we've got to look out for the women as well. But guys need to look after. We talk about mental health all the time. And if you're not strong enough, if you're not in a good enough place to be reading them, Twitter's not the place to go. But if you're in a bad place and you go to Twitter, it's a swamp. It's an absolute sewer. And it wasn't a good place for Stefan to be last night. And he was getting it. And I seen the badly drawn put his, his little drawn up. And Hoagie replied to it with, like, I, all I see is a guy that's given like 20 years to British hockey and it doesn't have really anything outside. That's a guy that's not in a good place. And we need to support each other when we're in bad places. You don't need to be getting on Twitter and making it worse for somebody. When you step back and you look, he isn't having a good time here. Step back before you press that arrow. And if you want to reach out to him and tell him you support him, because I said last night on Twitter, you're more appreciated than you knew we are. Simon talked about it there just a couple of minutes ago. Hang on to see if Ronaldo scores here. <laughs> Who scores it? I wonder what you were watching. I had Ronaldo two goals. Um, it's important that we support each other. It's important that we support the referees. Because Simon said, I, I log. So whenever one of the spreadsheets I log is um, game winning goal, man of match, crowd, and who the referees and linesmen were. And the same names repeat in the referees' columns, and the same names repeat in the linesman columns. And if you've got six games and you need four officials, and you've got 24 needed, you don't have very many more than that as a flute. And it only takes one or two or three of these guys to say, enough's enough. And we are in big diffs. Or we're promoting guys from the NIHL who aren't up to the level yet. They're still learning their trade. And then you've got crowds on top of them because they are not they're, they don't have the experience or the ability yet. They're still training. They're still learning their, 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 their trade. And it's a vicious circle. Get off these guys back. Shawnee Phillips, we called him out the other week on this show. What he said to Andy Dalton isn't acceptable on any level. On Twitter, on Facebook, and face-to-face, he wouldn't say it face-to-face. If you wouldn't say it to Stefan Hogarth's face, don't type it on Twitter. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, right, let's move on. The, uh, the, oh, thanks for doing yeah, that. I can't, I can't move on. Go on. And when I was talking to the, the hoagie last night and I said he, I told him I was going to mention the podcast he says oh please don't um, he was laughing at me going nuts for a goal he says what I, 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 you get louder as the game goes on and I'm going to know 
And she says, especially against teams that I don't like. And I went, why? And I'm going, because I don't like them. It just annoys them even more. I just keep on doing it. And he went, all right, okay. And then he sent me a, a, like a voice note of imitating me doing a voice call. I can't share that bit with you. It was very funny. Oh. But <laughs> I got I got a bit of a laugh out of him in a very difficult moment. So I, I thought my, that did my job anyway. Good lad. Good lad. Right. Uh, no TFA this week. Hopefully we get somebody on next week. Uh, I don't know the lads are probably cold and cold and wet from the um from the golf like says is so uh we asked you for a couple of questions on twitter uh and i'll pick well, i'll pick a couple of these we'll fly through a couple of these we'll go to one each um i'll start off with dylan khaki here ask question to davy how many gray hairs does he have this week <laughs> <laughs> listen there's a there's a genuine concern that davy's going gray at the minute i, I, I think we shouldn't be bringing it up sorry sorry davy Dylan Kagi's getting a wee bit too big for his boots. He's getting smart. He's getting smart. Spending too much time with Colin Shields. Many grey hairs is in the back of my fist. <laughs> Thank them. Watch out for watch out watch out for Twitter tomorrow to see uh, Dylan Kaki's response. Uh, Stevie Tom- Stevie Thompson game scenario playoff final. Giants are one 0 up. Two minutes left. Pickenich gets taken down on a breakaway. What would you rather have? Two minute power play or penalty shot, David. Oh man. Well, I ain't getting this question as well. Oh, so, well no, I was going to run through you. So well, you can think about it, says. Penalty shot. You said JJ, didn't you? JJ. Fancy my chance of a penalty shot. Joel. I can't uh bang the drum all night tonight for our special teams and the power play production over that road trip and not say that I would take the two minutes. Two minutes, goalie pull, six on four, shellack him. <laughs> What was the score? Well, hold on. You said the score was what? Chancer won the lap. Aye, we're one oh, up. Well done, Joel. Pay attention. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> How long's <laughs> left? <laughs> How long's left? Well, well, minutes, I read this and I think, I'm read this and I'm, I'm wondering, does he mean? Have you read that up? right? Yeah, it's, I'm reading it. I'll read it again. Playoff final. Giants won the up. I think he means one nil down. But Giants won the up. Two minutes left. Pickenich gets taken down on a breakaway. What would you rather Surely have? Surely then you take the power play, play still, though, and, and have the man advantage. I'd take a power play. If, yeah. we're, if, we're, if we're 1-0 down, I'm taking the penalty shot. Yes. Because the risk-reward, even of putting the goalie six on four, where they can shell pucks 200 feet in an empty net, not is, worth it. is not worth it, in my opinion. Um, if we're 1-0 up, I take a power play and rag a puck all around that rink. Have some half Griffin yeah. Reinhardt standing behind his own net, and we'll just yeah. shoot it down there. Just, the just basically waste as much time as we possibly yeah. can. Yep, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, John Smith, have we handicapped ourselves by not placing Murphy on the long term IR and bringing someone else in, Joel? That's a that's a hindsight question, isn't it? You know, the, the fact yep. that Darcy was was uh, suited and and uh, tried to come into the lineup a couple of weeks ago would tell you that that he's probably closer to being ready and, and just keeps having maybe setbacks. Um, so if, you know, if if you were a hundred percent going to know if his leg was pointing the wrong way, a hundred percent bring a new body in. Um, but if it's something like that where you're working it and you're testing it and you're trying to get going, um, it's probably the right call to to try and get him into the game. I just says? think that the, oh, sorry, before you go to says uh, it says I'll maybe be able to be even more clued in on it. I just think the market out there was a bit dry, and and you know, Giants will have been looking from when did he hurt himself? It was right at the start of season, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. wasn't that long it's in like, the season? Like Murphy's Mur- Mur- been out a long time, Steve. and he will have been scarring the market for a replacement. If we could have got one, there would have been one here. Hundred percent right. Uh, well, let's have another one. Uh, Scott Cameron of the games we've lost this season. 
Which do you genuinely believe we deserve to win over any other, Simon? Ooh. Yikes. Um, when he's thinking, when he's thinking, the probably first, the first game, game in Cardiff away. First yeah, game that's Cardiff away. first thing Absolute I thought. Slam, slam dunk. First game in Cardiff. Game should have been dead and buried. Yep. Yeah. Second yeah, game in th- Cardiff as well. Take Emmy, yeah. perm the two of them. The 14th of November. Yeah. Anything different for you, Joel? Are you going for that as well? Um, I scrambled for the uh, schedule there to look back over the seven regulation defeats we've had so far. <laughs> so, no, I'm going to defer to the experts on uh, a lot. Yeah, Cardiff sounds like a good answer. Let's go with that. Last one from a question point of view. Over the years, do you feel the game is changing for the better or worse? And what changes would you implement? Uh, David? Um, is the game changing for the better or worse? You see, I like um, the physical side of the game. No doubt about that. Is there room for it anymore with what we know? about? We're talking about mental health there and we're then asking guys to punch each other in the head. It's a bit of a juxtaposition on, on that. But um, yeah, I like the physical side of the game. I like how the game's getting faster. I like the high-skilled players of JJ Pickens. They have a good one in Scott Conway when they get firing together. What would I change in the game? I'll come back to that, see what the boys think the game's changing. When I think, what would we change? Joe? Well, if you answer it from uh, the IHL perspective, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, not the same uh, physicality, not the same um, not the same fighting for the sake of fighting uh, as before. You guys know my, my opinion on that kind of uh, late noughties and, and the, the Sean McMorrow era and stuff. Not a fan of it. I think it set back the reputation of hockey here by, by a fair bit. Um, a lot of people thought it was like pro wrestling because of, of the way in which he engaged. Um, quite glad to see that element of the game gone. I think there's still a place for, you know, if, if it's too well in combatants, I think there's still a place for it. Um, I think our league has, in, 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 sorry, bleh, spit out my teeth, has improved week on boys has improved year on year in terms of skill in terms of speed um we obviously are back down to three line hockey again uh that that depth of having four lines was was definitely uh, advantageous to the league Uh, i think probably the wider discussion and there's a great podcast on it that i actually watched really recently the special that you guys did with uh with uh neil coach russell and uh chrissy ellis uh, just about the brit import limit and stuff um, really, really worth going back in the IVFTB archives and watching that. Um, obviously, British development, more local players, financial sustainability of having local players is probably a wider uh, issue in the EIHL. Um, I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's certainly different, but I think that the quality of hockey year on year has definitely improved over the last 10. Simon? Yeah, I think it's it's got better and better. Um, again, I would still like to see um, you know, the option of players which teams want to have you know, three forward, sorry, four forward lines, three sets a day and two goalies on the bench. I think they should be able to have it. Um, I think it's it's sort of, you know, again, looking back at that show that you've done at the start of the season with the, with the Brits and what have you, I still think there's a place there for the likes of Mac, Cal, um, you know, some of the other younger kids that are coming through. Um, whether, that, you know, if they get a chance to go and play with the SNL team on a Saturday when you've got a game at home and you've still got, you know, for argument's sake, 10 or 11 forwards in, they should be playing SNL because they're getting nice time, they're developing quicker instead of sitting on the bench and watching in a tight game. All right, it's a good view against the Cardiff Devils sitting there when you're in 5-3 and you're not getting the shift. But um, for me, it's, it's you know, the, the league is definitely better now um, than what it was right at the very start. Uh, with the Elite League, was it as, I, I would argue the point, you know, it, it's right up there with regards to the way the, the Super League started. Uh, for the Belfast Giants mm-hmm. as well, I think you know standard of hockey now 
is is getting better and better. I think it's getting faster. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about speed kills with regards to uh, lineups we put together, and um, you know, you, you're getting quality goaltenders in this league throughout. And there's, uh, you know, long gone like days when you just sort of have to turn up against the Edinburgh Capitals on a Sunday afternoon, uh, and you're, getting, you're getting the win. Any team in this league can beat any other team at any given day. Uh, the, so the competitive side of things, uh, I really enjoy. Um, with regards to the change, again, you know, there's there's so many things that are you, you can sit and think about, and you could put your your head together, and that's probably for another podcast. Um, but uh, you know, I just think that we should be given. It's, as I say, it's not a development league, but we should be giving the kids, uh, the younger kids, a chance um, of getting into the lineup if. Um, you know, if there's room for them, I, I just I still can't get my head around. You know, you're only like 19 players, and that means uh, you know you have to possibly set up Brett. I just don't get that. It's a British league. Yeah. It's the elite league, um, and it, it's not doing anything for for the GB national teams. Um, but it's you know they talk about you know stepping down and playing in IHL with their greatest respect in the world. That level of hockey is nowhere near what it is with regards to the elite league. Nope, definitely not. Definitely not. Okay, one last one, which isn't a question, just a statement uh, from Alan Brett. Not so much of a question, he says, but a big thank you to the Giants OSC for organizing the crazy golf this evening nice. and for the players attending a somewhat soggy night in Don Donald. So, yes, well done to all there. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. And uh, Davey will tackle the runs that we didn't do. You'll do those tomorrow, won't you, Davey? Good man, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Top boy. <laughs> um, two games this weekend for the Belfast Giants. Back home against the Five Flyers on Saturday at 7pm at the SSE Arena. And you get that in Giants TV before travelling over to face the Nottingham Panthers at the NIC on Sunday at 4pm. And you can get that on Panthers TV. Any other business, boys? Uh, yeah. yeah, just... Sorry, David, go ahead. I'm going to promote another podcast of someone that uh, Joel's just basically slagged off her, but I don't mind. Um, <laughs> the sheriff Sean McMorrow has his own podcast, and, <laughs> and this this week he had on Erstwhile from this parish, the goat Colin Shields. Um, for uh, it's not as good as the one on one, I'm sure. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. But um, a little introspective of his career in Belfast along with Colin Shields, so worth a listen to, I'm sure. Introspective of Colin Shields' career or of uh, Sean it's probably more about it's probably more about his humanitarian work and school visits and stuff, but he, yes, humanitarian of the year. That's what he was. That's what he was. Yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, says you were going to go for him, yeah, just to reiterate, but uh, I think it was Alan Brett, was it you said there a few minutes yes. ago about the OSC? Um, thanks to all the OSC volunteers again, you know, stand they weren't participating tonight, they were just standing in the rain, just helping out, you know, getting people around. Uh, thanks to Passive Venture Golf at the Nile Nice Bowl for, for giving us a um, the time and, and obviously the whole course there, so I was at one point. So, and uh, thanks to the, the, everybody for turning up, and obviously, thanks to the boys who turned up to to uh, help us out and uh, have a bit of fun with it. So um, I think Andre Dixon's sort of nominated himself as the player of the night. Um, and uh, I'm sure Scott Scott Conway and Lewis Hook were uh, having a little bit of a – They excuse me, they wanted to have 18 holes on their own after everything was finished there, so we'll try and get a bit, a bit of video, video <laughs> content with that. Um, and uh, Hook owes me a tenner. That's all we're saying. That's all we're that. Anything from yourself, Joel? Uh Tip of the cap to all of the elite league teams uh, around 
uh, the UK who facilitated and helped out with uh, Team McLean's road trip. Uh, yes. Obviously, they're uh, Yvette and, and, and Amy and Andrew. Uh, they've been talking more and more just about obviously the, the situation with Ethan and, and how things are moving and how they're trying their best to kind of fit in as many memories and as many kind of little box ticks as possible for the wee man. So um, it, it's very lovely for all of the arguments and for all of bickering and chirping and whatever else. Uh, there are those very pure moments that, that give you kind of faith in humanity and faith in our league. So it was really lovely to see them get the red carpet treatment. The wee man deserves it. He, he puts up with a lot um, and it was really cool to see. Also shout out Kieran Long who now has himself positioned in a barber shop. He's going to be cutting real hair in a real barbershop. Uh, and uh, go, go, on Longer, go on Longer's Twitter Instagram and, and see where you can get booked in. Uh, he does a good He wants to go at you, by the way. He already has, believe it or not. Um, he I has, know he that's is. why you're wearing a hat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Longer did a top job for me uh, a, a few weeks back, uh, but I'll, I'll be back in to see him. Uh, the man does a sick fade. Fair play to him. I want to. I want to just finish off by saying a big shout out to Jim Neal on Instagram, who's um, a, fa- oh, a favorite of mine. And if anybody wants to know, I will. Put, I'm going to. Put, I'm going to put that picture up. You, you honestly don't know who Jim Neal is. Me and Jim Neal are not are not related, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, you look like Jim Neal. It's one of the most entertaining things I've had in the last few. I years. mean, I, I'm in Larn. Yeah, we, we we might be related. I hear, I hear, I hear he's on another podcast and is a big Carrick Rangers fan. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. but not, but thanks, gents. Anyway, right, we'll we'll wrap things up there. As I said, Belfast Giants against the Five Flyers Saturday at seven p.m. at the SSE Arena. I'm looking forward to getting to that one myself. Hooray! Uh, if you yes, can't get to the game. You can follow it on Giants TV with the amenable Mr. Simon Kitchen. Um, Smith. Um, hopefully, possibly. <laughs> yeah, to, unless I'm, unless I'm I bringing hoping to get a night off, mate. You can knock yourself out. Oh, I'm not doing no play-by-play. You can forget it. I'll <laughs> deliver it. Here, I'll deliver the Bear Moretti's into media for you. You don't even have to leave the booth, mate. We've got you covered. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I couldn't get away with it last time. But the um, <laughs> And then on Sunday, game Sunday at 4 p.m., we travel back to the NIC to face the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, and that hopefully will be on Panthers TV because they've got their webcast now, haven't they? Um, big thanks to David Goodwin and Jordan Boucher. Thanks to Davey for cutting the video, Simon for doing the uh, Simon for doing the uh, interviews, and Joel for doing the news. Um, thanks, gents, for joining us, as you always do. Thanks, boys. Um, you can get us at, at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook, kingdomofthegiants.com, com, on your p- normal podcast provider, and, uh, and you can, of course, see our faces on YouTube with a little clips and bits and pieces besides and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge sports social podcast network